Wonderful. Welcome to Christ Point. My name is James. If you're new here, hopefully you've noticed the connection card on your seat. If you could take a moment and fill that out, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward as we receive the offering. If you could place that in the basket or before you leave this morning, if you could place that connection card on the Point Central table. I would love to know that you were here this morning. Uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, but we are moving. I'm glad everyone's excited. Uh, We are moving. This is our last Sunday here at the West Cabarrus Y. We are certainly grateful for uh, the last 10 years, for the uh, joy and the privilege of being in this place, of meeting together, of worshiping. Uh, But we are hitting the road. So next Sunday, uh, instead of meeting together as a family, we're going to put on our work gloves and we're going to be packing our things and moving to Cox Mill High School. If you have already signed up to be a part of that move, I want to give thanks for you. If you haven't yet had an opportunity to sign up, if you could pause before you leave this morning, head over to the connection table, uh, let us know that you'll be here. There's some opportunities for you uh, to serve. We would love for you to be a part of that. Also want to let you know on uh, uh, April the 6th, uh, we will be setting up for a worship. Our first service is on Sunday the 7th, but at 5 o'clock, on April 6th, we're going to gather together as a church family and pray and just commit that space to the Lord. And so if you could circle that date and time on your calendars, I would love for our church family to come out, uh, just devote and dedicate that space to the Lord as we uh, begin a new chapter here uh, at Christ Point. So again, next Sunday, we will not be meeting in rows like this. We have set up the chairs, or Jana King has set up the chairs for the very last time. Uh, we're going to instead be moving next week over to Cox Mill High School. So looking forward to uh, the good things that God has in store uh, for us. And so I'm going to pause just for a moment. I'm going to pray, uh, commit our time uh, to the Lord, and ask God uh, to speak to us in the time we have together this morning. Would you pray with me? Uh, God, as I think about uh, this uh, space and this place uh, and all all the good things that you have done here, I just want to give you thanks. Uh, Lord, thank you for the good work that you have done in and through uh, your people. Uh, Thank you for giving us the the joy and the privilege of uh, gathering together as the people of God, uh, hearing your word, uh, responding to uh, your goodness in worship, and moving out into our community in worlds with the good news of the gospel. Uh, Lord, thank you that you have imparted to us uh, that good news, and you've called us to be your ambassadors in this place, in this community, and to the nations. Uh, What a joy and what a great privilege it is, and so we give you thanks. God, we do continue to pray that you would be kind and generous and gracious to us in the days ahead. Open our eyes, Lord, help us to see uh, what you have for us. And now, Lord, as we open uh, your word to us, I pray that your spirit would be our teacher and our guide. I pray that you would uh, soften and humble our hearts. I pray that you would help us receive from you what you have for us this morning. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Uh, Places uh, can often 
uh, be uh, great influencers in our lives. Uh, when you think back to your life, whether you're here this morning and you're 15 years old or you're 50 uh, years old, you probably think about your life in terms of the places uh, that you've been or the places where you have lived. Uh, I spent the first four years of my life in Metro Detroit. I don't remember anything uh, about those first four years, but I do remember when I was uh, just four years old moving to the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I remember that because when we moved, the Chicago Bears were very good, uh, and they actually won the Super Bowl our first year that we were there. And so I look back to that time in life, and I remember rooting for the Bears. I remember uh, learning the Super Bowl shuffle. You know, we ain't here to cause no trouble. We're just here to do the Super Bowl shuffle. I remember Walter Payton and Richard Dent dancing around. I don't know if you know who they are, but they were pretty good football players back in the day. I remember during those years when I was just a little kid, it was the first time in my life when I remember actually caring about uh, other people's opinions. I, I remember caring about what the kids thought about me or said about me in school. Uh, I remember the next season in my life moving back to uh, the Detroit area and from fourth grade all the way through high school. That was home uh, for me and for my family. I remember that God grew me during that time. I remember significant events that happened to me. I remember things that uh, I was proud of and things that I wasn't proud of. But I remember how transformative uh, those events were in my life. When I think back uh, over the course of the last 40 years, I often think back to that place. And then, of course, I think about this place. I think about the last 10-plus years where we have been here. My family has lived in the Charlotte area for almost 12 years, and this has become home to us. Uh, our children have been raised here. Our kids have uh, grown up. We came here with a 2-year-old and a 2-month-old, and now we have a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old. I think about all the times they walked through uh, that front door and came running through the halls. I think about the times we came here early and they disappeared somewhere in the Y because they were uh, just trying to explore the place and finding uh, trouble early in the morning. I mean, when I think about uh, this place, I am reminded of how influential it's been in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, place uh, oftentimes is significant in our lives. A place is significant, but it, it doesn't necessarily define us. It can influence us, it can impact us, but place uh, does not define us. We are, we are more than just a building, right? We are, we are a people, right? And God has, has called us to uh, himself. And so we're grateful for, uh, for this place uh, where we've gathered uh, to worship. But this place uh, does not define us, and nor uh, will the next place. It will influence us, it will impact us, it will be used by God uh, in our hearts and in our lives, but it will not uh, define us. And yet we know when we move, it's significant, right? Have you ever moved before? Anyone experience a move? Anyone have a friend that has moved and you were invited and you're no longer friends? Show of hands, right? We've, we've all had those moves before, and so uh, if you have moved before or if you've helped a friend move, uh, you know that it's important to plan and prepare for the move, 
right? Because you've had maybe that experience where you've met a big idea mover. Have you met a big idea mover? They're the kind of mover where you go over to their house uh, to help them move on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday, and everything is still on the wall, and clothes are still in the dresser. And you're like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're moving. And you're like, when? And they're like, we're moving today. Like they had the big idea that they were moving, but they didn't do anything to plan or prepare for the move. Right? Then there's the two men in the truck mover. You know, you know, t- not, not that you hire two men in a truck. It's you and one other dude and a truck. Right? And you're supposed to take all of your earthly belongings and kind of figure it out. It's important to plan and prepare uh, for a move. And so I want to help plan and prepare for our move. Uh, as we look to go uh, to Cox Mill uh, next Sunday. And and the way that I want to prepare us as the people of God uh, for this move is by looking at one of the most significant moves ever recorded in Scripture. Um, This move is the move of God's people from the wilderness into the promised land, and it's recorded for us in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8. And so if you have your Bibles, please uh, turn with me there to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want us to read this together, and this morning I want to point out just four observations and and four uh, reminders for us that I hope, uh, Lord willing, will prepare us for what God has in store Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 says, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Verse 4 reads, Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Uh, Know then in your heart that as man disciplines his Son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. The first observation that uh, we notice in this text is that there was a connection that was made between uh, the obedience of the people of God and the blessing of God. That there's a connection between the obedience of the people of God and the blessing of God. This morning, if you are in your heart deciding between obedience or disobedience, choose obedience. Right? I know that seems basic. Right? I know you don't have to have a seminary degree to figure that out. But listen, it is so important in life that we as the people of God uh, obey the word of God. We want to hear the words that God speaks to us and we want to do uh, what is asked of us. There was this connection as God's people went into the land where God said to them, listen, I want you to obey, follow my commands that I have given to you. And if you obey, uh, things will go well for you. Now it should be pointed out that what, what God is teaching here is not karma. 
Right? He's not saying in life, if you do good, uh, good things will always happen. And if you do bad, bad things will always happen. He's not saying that there's this a circle of life, and as long as you follow all the rules, then everything in your life is going to be outstanding. Right? He, he's not teaching them that, but he is telling them your decisions matter. Your decisions matter. We, we read in Deuteronomy chapter 9, God reminds the people, listen, you are not uh, receiving this land or going into the land uh, because you deserved it. In fact, it's just the opposite. He says in Deuteronomy 9, 6, Know therefore that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stubborn people. That probably wasn't pleasant to hear. Like, I'm going to give this to you, but just know that you're stubborn. Like you, in other words, you didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. You're, you're stubborn. But I'm still giving it to you. Uh, and yet what God does is he says to the people, the commands that I'm giving to you, I want you to follow. As a people of God, God calls us to obedience. Like the decisions that we make on a daily basis actually do matter. Like the decisions that, that we make that maybe nobody else knows about, the things that we say or do or the things that we think, right? when no one's paying attention to us, when we're by ourselves, like those decisions matter. It is as if we are on a path in life and our direction in, in life and who we become in many ways is connected uh, to the decisions that we make. And so as a people of God, we should be reminded that God call, calls us to obedience in Him. He wants us to be faithful uh, in the little things. Because our decisions matter. Listen, this morning, if you find yourself uh, wrestling between uh, doing what maybe your heart wants, even though you know it is wrong, or following God's Word, Follow God's word. Right? It, in the long run, will go better for you. Right? Our decisions matter. And so God reminds his people that he wants them to obey the commands of the Lord. The second observation that we notice from the text is that hardship humbles us and hunger reminds us that we are a dependent people. Right? Hardship humbles us and hardship or hunger reminds us uh, that we are a dependent people. I don't know if you've ever had an experience in life where you have gone through something difficult or heartbreaking, something that has brought you to your knees. But there are times in life when we experience something like that and we can think to ourselves that God is absent. We think to ourselves, why is it that I'm going through this? Why am I having these experiences? And we can think that somehow a God is absent, and yet here we are reminded that He is very present. Oftentimes it is when we are at our worst in life that God is doing His very best work. He says here in verse 2, You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that He might humble you. So they weren't there by accident. They didn't simply stumble their way into the wilderness. Right? Yes, they were there in part because of decisions that they had made, and yet God was leading them in the wilderness. God was still being gracious and kind to them, uh, even when they were in the wilderness. 
Uh, God was providing for them food to eat. He was uh, clothing them. Their, their clothes uh, didn't wear out or wear down. Now, some of you might be disappointed by that. You're like, I don't want to wear the same thing for 40 years. Like, I want, I want something different. I want something that's in fashion. They just had the same stuff, but it didn't wear down. Like God was miraculously caring uh, for his kids uh, even when they were wandering in the wilderness. Hardship, uh, we learn, has a way of humbling us. It softens the rough edges of our hearts. It brings us to our knees. I mean, you've been there before, haven't you? When, when life seems to be falling apart, when something comes your way that you did not expect, when you deal with a sickness, an illness, a, a death in the family, a job loss, a relationship uh, that is in shambles, you've had those experiences before. And, and when we have those experiences, it has a way of humbling us and breaking us. We're going, God, I can't figure this out. Like, I need you to show up. That's what he did in the hearts of his people. He humbled them, and their hunger reminded them that they were dependent upon God. Verse 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 8 says, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from of the mouth of God. God was using a very physical need in their lives to point to a spiritual need. They were desperate uh, for God. Hardship uh, humbles us, and hunger uh, reminds us that we are a dependent uh, people. And so you, you read that part of Deuteronomy chapter 8, and you might think to yourself, boy, that, like, that doesn't sound like super good news, right? I mean, God's going, hey, I'm, I'm like, breaking your heart. I'm humbling you. I'm reminding you of your uh, dependence. Life has been difficult. You've been wandering around for 40 years. Uh, but, but then God provides them with, with good news. This is amazing news. It begins in verse 7, Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills a land of wheat and barley and of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of uh, whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he gives you. There are times when God just graciously uh, gives to his children uh, gifts that are very good. And so we're reminded here that when life is good, give thanks to God. When life is good, give thanks to God. Yes, there are times of great hardship. There are times of great uh, difficulty. But there are also times of great blessing in the Christian life. But there are times of great blessing, times when God is exceedingly uh, gracious to his children. Uh, sometimes when we think about the blessed life, we think of someone on a beach, right, taking a selfie, like with the hashtag blessed, right? It's someone who's beautiful, they're tan, they're on the beach, they clearly are independently wealthy, they don't have to work for a living, and they are living the hashtag blessed life. 
right? And you're, you look at that and you're like, that's so wonderful. Like, I, I would like some of that blessed life too. And yet we read in Scripture that sometimes when we talk about the blessed life, it's not always the blessed life that we think about. Luke 6, verses 20 through 22 says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on the account of the Son of Man. Author Christine Gordon writes that the blessings that he describes isn't shallow, passing, or temporary. It is a deep, enduring sense of satisfaction. This isn't the good feeling that warms us for a moment and then fades. This is rooted deep in your gut joy that doesn't shift with circumstances, right? There are times when the blessed life that oftentimes we think about scripturally or biblically can be just the opposite of what comes to mind. Right? Blessed are the poor or the hungry. Blessed are those who weep now, right? That is, that is true. That is true. And there are also times when God is just exceedingly good with his kids. Like where he, where he does bless us, like Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 8 says. Did you, did you listen to it? For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey. I mean, he's just painting this picture of like this beautiful place that God is sending to them. And he's like, I'm going to give this to you. Like, this is, this is going to be yours. Right? Do you believe that you uh, serve a God who, out of pure joy, just showers goodness upon his kids? Do right? you ever stop for a moment and think to yourself that uh, the God of the universe actually looks down upon you with joy? That he looks at his kids and just goes, I just, want, I just want you to enjoy. I just want to give this to you. Sometimes when I think about uh, the Lord, the, the picture in my mind, for whatever reason I have, is of, of a father who looks at his kids and says, someone needs to teach that boy a lesson. Right? Someone needs to set him straight. But have you ever stopped for a moment and thought maybe, just maybe, uh, the God of the universe delights in being gracious to his kids? Right? That he sat back to his people who did not deserve this land and say, look, look at what I'm doing for you. Like, you enjoy it. Like, you enjoy it and you, you bless uh, my name. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Maybe, just maybe, like we serve a God who delights in giving us uh, gifts, 
Here it's the gift of himself. Here it's the gift of the Spirit in the passage in Luke 11. But here in Deuteronomy, he's just giving his people land, and he's saying, I want you to eat, and I want you to be full, and I want you to remember that it is from my hand when life is good, give thanks to God. Right? He gives his people one more a caution here in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's a warning. It's a caution. It begins in verse 11. He says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, uh, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he might confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, you shall perish because you would not obey uh, the voice of the Lord. So when times are good, uh, give thanks to God. And when times are good, uh, give uh, glory to God. Give glory to God. Remember that everything that we have, everything that we have received has been given to us by the good hand of God. Right? Success uh, in life cannot be separated from the hand of God. Right? Success in life cannot be separated from the hand of God. Blessing cannot be enjoyed apart from the one uh, who has blessed us. Uh, so uh, whatever you have or whatever you have experienced, um, God did it, right? God did it, right? If, if you have experienced an unusual level of comfort in life, God did it, right? If you, if you walk into your home and you go, boy, it feels a little warm in here, and you go over and find that it's 72 degrees, and you go, I would like it to be 70 and so you turn it down two degrees. Like that creature comfort, like even that is from the hand of God. Like God did that. If right now you are thinking to yourself, where should we go out to eat when he stops talking? Like that is a gift from God. Not me finishing, but the, the well, that could be. The, the ability to go, let's, let's enjoy a meal together. Let's sit down with friends and enjoy the food that we have uh, access to. That is a gift from God. If your primary prayer in the morning is not just, God, give us our daily bread, but God, help me be a good steward with all the bread you've given to us, 
Like that is a gift from God. God did it. Right? If God's given you the ability to, to think and to analyze and to ace your test at school, like God gave you that mind. He gave you that ability. God did it. Right? Any, any good that we experience in life is from the hand of God. God did it. So to God be the glory. God is telling his people, listen, life is about to get good for you. It's about to get good for you. You're going to go into this land, and there are many things to enjoy, and I want you to enjoy them. But do not forget me. Right? You are not in the land because you deserved it. Right? You, you, you are not in the home because you earned it. I gave you the ability to do that. You see how that humbles us and breaks us as a people of God? We just go, praise God, look at what he's done. Praise God, look at what he's done. Verse 17, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and, my, and, and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is uh, to this day. Sometimes in life, it is not failure we should fear. It is the danger of success. It is abundance. It is it is the good things in life that can become uh, ultimate things, can become like the God things for us. So God tells his people, do not forget me. Do not forget me. So there's four observations, four reminders uh, as we go. Uh, the first, uh, remember that it is the posture of our hearts, um, not place uh, that is ultimate. Right? It is the posture of our hearts, uh, not place that is ultimate. God calls us to follow him and to be obedient to his commands. He, he calls us to follow after him. He, he cares about the kinds of people uh, we are becoming. He does not care if we set the chair here or if we set it four miles down the road. It doesn't mean he doesn't use it. I think he's going to. But, but he cares about your relationship with him. Right? He cares about the posture of our hearts, not just the place uh, that we meet. Okay, secondly, uh, be reminded that hardship humbles us and hunger reminds us that we are dependent. And that is a very good thing. Oftentimes we live our lives trying to avoid hardship um, as much as humanly possible. Right? We want to avoid the bad, we want to pursue uh, the good. And yet oftentimes it is the difficult uh, work of God bringing hardship or difficulties into our lives that's the most uh, life-transformative uh, and life-giving. Right? As a church, when I think back upon the last 11 years, I mean, there's, there's been challenges along the way. There's been challenges along the way. It, is, it has not always felt like the wind is at our backs and we've been coasting downhill. I mean, there's times where we look back and we go, that was a, a really difficult time or that was a, a stretching season for us. Like we were praying for God to move and act and show up. Like those are, those are hard times. And yet when I look back over the course of the last 11 years, I am so grateful for those times because I feel like through them he's molded us and he's shaped us and he is still uh, doing that even today 
And so remember that hardship humbles us and hunger reminds us that we are dependent people. And that is a good thing. And lastly, uh, remember uh, when life is good uh, to thank God and uh, to give Him glory. When life is good, thank God and give Him glory. I say that because I have this firm belief um, that the best is yet to come for us. I really believe that God is doing a good work in His people. I look out here and I, man, I have like high hopes and great expectations for us as a church. I have a friend who, who said, I feel like we're, we're just entering our teenage years as a church. And when you think about uh, the teenage years, maybe in your own life, you know it's a time of great growth. Like you're trying to figure things out a little bit and God's shaping you and forming you and like he's molding you into a real human being. And like there's all these like you're going, oh Lord, thank you for that good work that you're doing. And I sense that God is doing that in us. I believe that God has called us as a church to point people to Jesus. And I I believe that we are going to have increasingly uh, beautiful opportunities to do that. I think there's going to be times where we can open up the Word and people are going to encounter the, the life-transforming power of the Word of God and God's going to meet them in His Word. I think there's going to be uh, times where we continue to grow in relationships with one another, where we experience authentic community, where we come alongside one another and sharpen each other and speak truth into each other's lives and celebrate with one another and weep with one another another and walk with one another. And I believe that God is just beginning to do that in his people. I believe that as a people, uh, we are going to have the great joy and privilege of serving our risen king together and serving his people. And more and more, we're going to sit back and not think to ourselves, boy, I, I have to do that. We're going to go, I, I get to do that. Like, God, you've given me the great joy of serving. Like, what in the world? We, we want to step, we want to serve. This is our great joy and privilege. I believe that God is going to give us multiple opportunities to engage not only the people in these seats, but the people in that place. He's sending us to a, a new community, a growing uh, community, and there's going to be new faces, and we're going to be in a new place, and there's going to be uh, countless opportunities. And I believe that the best is yet uh, to come. And one of my fears is not that God won't do that. Uh, but my fear is that he'll do that and we will potentially forget that he did it. Right? And so we will think to ourselves that, boy, we finally figured it out and got our acts together instead of going, God, thank you for the work uh, that you have done. Uh, the best is yet to come. And so when God graciously is kind to us, uh, remember that it has come uh, from his hand. And I am so uh, excited for this move. And I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to experience what God has in store for us in the days ahead. And I'm just honored uh, to be able uh, to walk alongside of you. Uh, and lead through this beautiful time in, uh, in our history. So let's pray and ask the Lord uh, for help. God, thank you so much for uh, giving us the great joy and the privilege of knowing you and being known uh, by you. Lord, thank you for how your sovereign hand has led us uh, to this point, even right here, right now. Uh, Lord, this is not an accident. You are not surprised uh, by our move. 
Now, this is part of your good story. And so, God, we give you thanks for uh, your faithfulness to uh, your church and to your people. Lord, thank you that when we look back over the course of the last 10, 11, uh, even 12 years, Lord, that we see your faithful hand uh, all over this place. Lord, this morning we pause uh, and we give you uh, thanks. God, we love you. We thank you so much uh, for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.